0: Hello, and welcome to Sacred Adventure Begin, an inquisitive space where we explore topics like gaining wisdom, travel, yoga, meditation, dance, art, and following our soul guided paths. I'm your host, Emily from gettingintoit.com, and together we'll focus on enjoying, sharing, and interpreting our sacred adventures and how to embody these lessons in our daily lives. Let's begin. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a glorious fall recording. <laughs> I am talking today to Lex Ritchie, who prefers they, them pronouns, from uh, the business Days I Tarot, which is um, their own business, and I... Loved talking with Lex so 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 much, um, and before I let uh, them explain their business and philosophy to you, I thought I would tell you a little bit about Lex. So, according to Lex's website, which is written in first person, <laughs> so it'll it'll sound kind of fun when I read it. Uh, Lex writes, "quote I followed." quote, the rules, end quote, once. Get good grades, don't talk like a hick, don't let anyone know you're queer, get a degree in something useful. And it pulled me further and further from who I was, who I wanted to be, and who I was meant to be. It pulled me away from my roots. I moved across the country, leaving my home and my family. I got degrees in physics and mechanical engineering. I quit making music and writing poetry. And as I got further and further from my roots, I became increasingly powerless to act within my own life. Tarot was the tool that brought me back to myself. Out of my high-flying career tracks, back to my home state, back to my working-class Rust Belt Appalachian roots, creating, living, and talking, oh, excuse me, taking aligned action." I love that so much. Um, Lex goes on to write a little bit more about um, themselves. And uh, we'll introduce themselves again uh, when we get this started. But I loved the last paragraph here. So I'm going to read that to you as well. And again, I'm quoting. I love writing and reading words, long walks, animism, and talking to my plants, lifting heavy things, gardening, community organizing, cooking meals, and making puns. I have studied spirit work and Rin Zetopic, Tarot with Lindsay Mack, Tess Giberson, and Aaron Aquarian, and Ancestral Reverence with Olivia Pepper. I'm a Scorpio Sun, Capricorn Moon, and Sagittarius Rising, which is too fun. And I am done quoting Lex's website now. One of the um, things that I remember early on when I was doing my spiritual learning and my spiritual development was how important it is to um, connect to community Because I think, and listener, I'm sure if you are on a spiritual path, you can relate to this, that sometimes you have intense experiences, and it makes you feel a little of the C word. And the C word is crazy. And I don't mean crazy, like, in the way that we use crazy to define people that we just don't actually want to listen to, uh, or to dismiss people that we don't actually want to listen to. I mean, just some things feel so big that they feel almost unbelievable and when we come together in community or even just with another person and get to hear um, similar stories we begin understanding just how connected we are and this can happen for people without the need for community but I also find that it happens very quickly and more efficiently in community and through storytelling that it is that we learn to come to trust our inner voice and to learn that um, we there's nothing wrong with us and that actually what we're hearing and what we're experiencing is is good and meant for us. So in this episode, we talk about so many cool things. I absolutely adore Lex's approach to folk magic. And it was through this interview I, I found Lex... Um, in a holistic business group that I'm part of, and I love, uh, I love how Lex approaches the tarot and folk magic. But it was so funny uh, prior to the interview finding out that Lex is also a swing dancer, <laughs> and uh, that we're part of a lot of similar communities, even outside of the tarot reading, spiritual, holistic biz communities. So I think that you're you're going to enjoy what Lex has to say, and I'm very, very, very much looking forward to sharing this interview with you. So without any further introduction, here is Lex. Hello, Lex Richie, and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your little podcast. We're so <laughs> excited, or I'm so excited uh, to get to get just to get into it with you. So can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so I am <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I always struggle with this question, yeah. but um, a few things that I am is a chronically ill, neurodivergent, radical, queer, mystic. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, I read tarot cards and I teach folks about folk magic, um, although teach is like sort of not the best word for what I do. I like facilitate other people coming into their own knowing of their magic. Um, but we don't really have a good word for that in English. So <laughs> <laughs> it is. I feel like you and I are doing really similar things. Cause I, I also don't like using the word teach for that and facilitate doesn't really fit either because at some point and we will talk about this. Uh, I have some questions for you about this uh, a little bit later, but like I find it so interesting when we think about like magic or like mystical knowing. And like, I I feel like a a regular person just like walking down the street, if they were interested in that type of thing, like how do you get started down a path like that? Right? Like, and so then they search, you know, mystical teacher and they can't find the mystical teacher. Then they, and so it's, it becomes really interesting and important how we use our words because I I don't know if you experience like magic or mysticism this way. It is so deeply personal and it is different for every single person. Yeah. So the idea of teaching it is odd, right? Like I, I can show you what I do or I can help you find what you do, Mm -hmm. but there's not like a, your information or your connection is going to happen this way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, when I, when I teach or talk about folk magic, like my, like I don't know, theory or cosmology of folk magic is that there's, like, three parts of it, and one part is the earth, the nature around you, one part is your ancestors, and this is, like, ancestors very broadly defined, so, like, including, like, ancestors of thought and ancestors of affinity, Um, and then you yourself, right, so, like, I can't, I can't teach you your folk magic but I can teach you those elements and I can teach you methods to connect to those parts of it. And then you have to bring the curiosity and the willingness to experiment in order to actually, you know, learn folk magic. It's cool too. So I I have another, more questions about folk magic. (laughs) So sorry, listeners, I have a little bit of a thing going on in my throat today. Um, Do you see folk magic as coming from certain regions of, like, can you talk about that? (laughs) Yeah, so, um, and I mean, of course, my folk magic is very much steeped in both the place I currently live, the places I've lived in the past, and the place I grew up, which is like the sort of, like, northern stretch of Appalachia, um, and, um, The way I look at folk magic is folk magic is going to be a folk art. And so I apply the same sort of general definition of a folk art, which is, um, it's the traditional practices of a place, a community or a people. Um, So folk magic is necessarily informed by place um, and filtered through human action um, and it comes in collaboration, both between you and the community of spirits around you, you and the community of plants and all the elements of nature that are around you, and you and the community of people that are around you. Um, and yeah, so that, that's folk magic for me. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness. That is, I I love that definition because it, it includes like all of the ways also that that we, like, receive and give our magic, like, so it's in and out and out and in, and that, like, balance between all of those things, and I think this is really cool, too, so wait, the, um, Appalachian Mountains, they go all the way up into Ohio? Educate here. So, yeah, um, (laughs) there's no, like, really good definition, right, of the Appalachian Mountains, um, but, where I um, so if you look at the like most broadly defined Appalachian region, which is the Appalachian Regional Commission's, it, it includes like <laughs> into Pennsylvania, like northern Pennsylvania and into New York. Yep. Um. And so yeah, it extends up through you know um, if you know uh, sort of like the area around Ohio University, Athens, Ohio. Like that's definitely Appalachian, and then you go a little bit further north, you've got Youngstown, and then. Um, so I, the very furthest reaches of, like, it's technically the Appalachian Plateau, but it's, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of similar cultural ties. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a contentious thing. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> but, it is. I, I find this so interesting because in Kentucky, well, I'm from Louisville and I, I think the listener, a lot of the listeners <laughs> are also from Louisville and we're technically in the foothills of yeah. the Appalachian uh, Appalachian Mountains. So it's a very like hilly area, but the, there's something very deeply spiritual and wonderful about the mountains and in different parts of Kentucky in like the hollers and stuff, there's also the impression that there's like medicine women and a connection with plant medicine and, and all of that. And this is a kind of interesting topic when we start talking about like folk medicine and how we like are not bringing that to people, but facilitating the idea of that to people, because there's the impression that you have to like go somewhere dark and like unknowing, like you have to step off the normal path, like go into the holler, go into the mountain, go into nature, go into yourself to like get, to gain that, to gain the wisdom of that. And so I do agree when we say like, you know, I, I'm a teacher. No, that doesn't feel right. I'm a facilitator. Mm, I'm still not sure that's right. Like, but like, I, how do you say like, <laughs> I, I'm in the darkness. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I show you, I you all of the scary parts of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're the parts that you're, where your wisdom is. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, I mean, we've been taught to wall those off, yep. you know, like it, it, I don't know, like, theory nerd (laughs) time here, but, like, um, so, like, capitalism happened because of the enclosure movements, right, like, they physically enclosed land, and then, like, that built, like, enclosures of knowledge within us that we don't access anymore, because we've been told that they're, they're bad and scary, and they, they feel bad and scary at first, but then you, like, break down that fence, and you see that it's just not, and it's powerful and amazing, you know? Yeah, or we stop making parts of our emotional experience wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're not afraid to be sad, then you can process the sadness, then it doesn't bubble up in weird ways and and create interesting things. (laughs) And then that's just like one example, right? But um, I love that you kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I do want to talk about your history because based on what I read on your website, you sound really interesting <laughs> <laughs> and kind of amazing so I we discuss a little bit about like education can you maybe talk about like maybe your past I mean you could like start us all the way back when like I was a kid and I always had an interest in this or you could just like pick us up with this is how I got into this type of work um yeah yeah okay, okay. um I mean it's it almost doesn't make sense unless I tell the whole story. <laughs> yes, <So. laughs> all right, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, so um, I was born in, you know, the upper reaches of the Appalachian Mountains, the Appalachian Plateau, however you might view that. Um, and uh, my parents, like, the, I come from an Italian and American family on one side, and my, but my parents chose not to baptize me. Uh, very contentious so um, I I grew up in a family and I like to say that I was like uh, sort of like um, I don't know it's like this distance Catholicism or like Catholic adjacent you know yeah. um, and so like I, I got the rituals and the experience of um, those holidays and the sort of like folk magic that the the people do in their homes that is associated with Catholicism but never like the structures of the church right and um so that really when you say the folk magic that Catholics do in their home yeah what are you talking about (laughs) okay yeah like um if you lose something you ask Saint Anthony to help you find it yes oh my god I do that all the time (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like stuff like that, or like you know, you keep little figurines of the saints. Or um, uh, one thing that my great grandma always did, she had a bell that she'd ring every once in a while. And like, there wasn't really, she didn't provide much explanation. She's just like, oh, it just, I need to ring it. And um, it turns out that like, it's a particular like thing within like the whole of the Italian peninsula that like you ring a bell to clear the space of, like, negative energy from, like, deceased spirits, right? Yeah! Like, and I'm, like, well, I learned that, I was, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know about the bells during the Middle Ages, too. Mm-hmm. They had yeah. them, like, constantly ringing because they thought that would clear away the, like, the disease, like, the vibration yeah. of the disease, which goes back to ideas of vibration and this is a total deep dive, but I love, I love that you call that, um, (laughs) folk magic, it is, it is, oh no, 100%, it is, and you just gave me, like, a really fun way to look at, like, some of those things, because I remember bringing people home from college, and my family says Grace together, and, like, if you've ever, for the listeners who have never sat, like, with a Catholic family at Grace, (laughs) is we all say the same thing at exactly the same time in the exact same tone. Like, <laughs> "Bless us, the Lord for these, I gifts. like that. And, um, I looked over at my friend during grace and his eyes were like this. And then like afterward, I was like, what's up? And he was like, did you guys just chant? <laughs> and I like had this moment where this thing that was like really normal to me, right? Like mm-hmm. thankfulness, but also like, being, being with a sound, the same sound with a bunch of people and saying the same things and being in that kind of harmony and resonance was part of my life all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, anyway, we won't go, we won't go into how I feel about the Catholic church <laughs> right now, but <laughs> I love that. Like, I, I never saw it as folk magic, but it totally is. Yeah. 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 So like, I grew up around those things. And then, um, when I was like, kind of like an early teenager, A friend's grandmother, she was a tarot reader and she taught me tarot and, and, um, I, she, she was very traditional, um, and it didn't like, I'm non-binary, come from a working (laughs) class background and I'm neurodivergent, like it didn't vibe for me. Um, so I, I, I learned it that way. And then I like set it aside for a, a really long time, like almost 10 years, Um, and during that 10 years, I went to college and I studied physics and I studied, uh, mechanical engineering and I tried to like get a normal job and have a normal life and like, you know, get out of like generational poverty, um, all those things. And I thought like that, like linear path to success, like you, you study science, you get a job and like, that's, that was the path for me. Right. Um, and like so many things were attendant with that like you know don't talk like a hick like Uh that was a big thing um and uh don't don't let anyone know you're queer um you know make your brain work in a normal like typical yeah typical fashion like the way you're expected to um and eventually like that just stopped working I couldn't force my my brain to, to do that. I couldn't not hide my queer identity anymore. Uh, I, you know, like I had to be open about that. And um, that was, I was in, I was almost done with my PhD when that happened. And, uh, and I got, went back to tarot and I was like, you know what, I got to figure this out. Um, I'm going to do it with tarot. And I, I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to use any of those old definitions that scared me. And I was just going to work with the deck on my own and come up with my own meanings for everything. Um, and that took me like three years to actually do, but like, here I am. And I, I quit grad school. I moved back home to, well, not back to my home state, um, you know, where, where I know the land and I feel at home. Yeah. And I started my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I also think this is sort of interesting and uh, like part of society that, maybe needs to be addressed but when you have somebody who like you clearly is intelligent and well-spoken and is a go-getter mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we take people like that and we go here is the linear path and yeah. we end up it we end up engaging with and supporting systems that don't actually support us yes and it, it becomes hard then to also like find your identity so I kind of I mean, if you're willing to to share a little bit on this, especially, I'm curious with the tarot. Um, in in what ways did the oh maybe this is a dumb question? I'm going to ask it for all the other people who are are not struggling with this, so that they can hear this. Um, in what ways is the traditional tarot uh, like? Do you find conflict in it uh, with your current identi- identity, or I don't mean yeah. current identity with the identity that you have? because you know who you are, and you're completely capable of knowing who you are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
0: so, if we just look at the tarot in the way that it's, in the way that people are portrayed in the cards, right, it's all, like, pretty heteronormative, it's all very, um, white, which, yeah, I mean, like, that doesn't work for some people, and it, it certainly doesn't work for, like, uh, people with Southern Italian backgrounds, right, like, very complicated relationship to whiteness, um, and it doesn't work for people who just, like, there's so much that's not represented in the deck, and then the way we interpret the cards, right, like, traditionally certain cards, like, um, the three of, of swords being heartbreak, like, oh, this heartbreak is coming to you and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, whereas we can read it as a card of, of healing, mm-hmm. you know, like, like of, of, or accepting the chance of heartbreak because something wonderful and joyful can come into your life. Um, or the way I learned the court cards um, when I was taught them as a kid was that these are people who are outside of you who are authority figures or teachers who are bringing something to you like, you, you're not empowered by the tarot in that reading if these, these figures are thought to be external to you. Okay, so I like that. <laughs> um, so you're talking kind of specifically about the, like, uh, traditional Rider-Waite deck as we mm-hmm. find it illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, but also, you know, like, if you look at uh like even older decks like more more traditional decks still like, like ooh, middle ages we, ones then we get like the popeus instead of the high priestess like like there's a big improvement <laughs> right there <laughs> oh so I guess on that note because I have I have multiple decks that I work with um And, and I work with them because I like the images or I think the images work for certain things and not very well for other things, Mm -hmm. but I have one deck that is almost exactly like the modern playing card deck Mm -hmm. and, uh, in the imagery. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, I, where was I going with this? (laughs) I'm sort of curious, like what decks that you prefer to work with or what that you would recommend for somebody who wants to sort of step out of the, like you know, these are the people, or this, the, the Hierophant is the Pope, or, you know, like, step out of those sort of things. Yeah, um, and I mean, I'll be, like, totally frank. I use the Aquarian Tarot when I'm reading for people. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't, if you have a deck that you resonate with, and you can read it without, like, getting bogged down in these traditional things, like, like read with it and if your readings with that deck empower people it doesn't it doesn't matter right like it as long as it's empowering for you and empowering for the people you're reading for but with that said like they're totally like if they're totally legit reasons to not want one of those decks um so decks that i have worked with that are non-traditional that i love are um little monsters tarot oh i have that one i love it i love it too um, and and um the modern witch tarot is also excellent um i don't i don't personally have that one because it's 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 very like it's very uh rethinking of the gender binary but like Mm -hmm. most of the figures are are femme yeah i don't know i just it didn't it didn't vibe with me so you know that but it might work for someone else it's a totally awesome deck um and then for like I would recommend this, like, I, lo- I love this deck, Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. I'm, I'm working with it extensively right now, um, but I don't think it's a beginner deck. Okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah, those are some of the ones I love. <laughs> Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. I'm gonna have to check that out, because that it's sounds pretty super awesome. super gorgeous. It just doesn't have, like, all of the, like, n- it, the certain of the images are radically different mm-hmm. from traditional ones, and then, like, the numbering, it, it's a little bit less clear what's what. So it yeah, keep, it keeps me on my toes. So I just wouldn't, it's a little bit more intermediate. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So when you were in grad school, I guess, did you always have this like ningling feeling that this wasn't what you wanted to do, but but you had been told that this was the way, this is the path to success? Yeah. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like I was doing work that I loved, right? Yeah. Like I... I was writing optimization code for to make like renewable energy more efficient like that it was super amazing cool. yeah um, I loved it and um and I was good at it but the the problem is is that like it was mostly like the attendant everything around it like that you have to do in order to like show up and be in those environments that was the mm-hmm. problem like I couldn't show up as myself like I couldn't um I couldn't I couldn't I didn't have the time to cook dinner every night yeah (laughs) like that was awful you couldn't care Uh, for yourself yeah and then like I I had to be in California to do that work which was first of all not great for my health and second of all like like family is really important to me and being like a six-hour plane flight from my family and like thinking like, I would have to do that for the rest of my life. Like that just wasn't okay. Um, And so it was, it was all of those things, like the ways that I didn't fit in and the ways I couldn't care for myself. That was like, this isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like, you know, not to say maybe in a different world, uh, I, I would have continued in science and, you know not done this work, but also like, I feel like this is very much as much as I enjoyed that work and like could do it, this is the work that like needs to come out of me right now. If that makes sense, it does, hundred percent. And it doesn't mean that you won't ever not do science again. Like it, yeah. It, which is kind of funny because too, like I feel like also when we tell people there's this path, there isn't uh, parts where we talk about when you step off the path and then maybe back on. Like, mm-hmm. we don't tell people that's even an option. We're just like, point A, point B, go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes me sad sometimes for people. <laughs> like, just because there's so many more options out there and you can, you can choose to prioritize yourself and it can turn out to be okay. In fact, when you start prioritizing yourself, things get better. Yeah. T- and totally new things can happen. Things you never imagined. Like, yeah, because you weren't capable of imagining them at that point yeah can you talk about that like in your life or I I don't know again this is <laughs> kind of an open-ended question like how did you go from I am in grad school for science to you know this isn't sustainable was there like doubt in that process how did you find like can maybe you talked about tarot you talk about how that helped you like get the strength to like make the choice that was more right for you yeah um <sighs> So tarot is like, I've, it's almost like a diagnostic tool. Like it helps you, um, or it's, it's not the only use of tarot, but like it, one of the uses that it, like I, I use it as a lot is, is diagnostic. So like figuring out like, where is the source of this problem? What changes can I make? How am I empowered to make these changes? Um, how can I nurture my ability to make those changes? Um, and looking at, like, yeah, I just, like, keep having this, like, image in my head. Like, when we, when I actually, like, left California, we left California, my, my partner and I left California on, with, like, a month's notice. Um, we, like, it, and it's because we couldn't, we couldn't make up our minds. We didn't want to, like, leave this, like, linear thing behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just kept, you know, we, so we didn't commit to, like, we're, like, doing this far enough in advance that, like, um, we actually knew what was happening, but we, like, kept taking these steps, like, like, uh, my partner goes and applies for jobs in Ohio, and we make plans to stay with friends once we get there, and then we're, like, okay, we gotta pack up all our stuff, like, let's get a, um, you know, you love- one of those moving boxes or something. Oh, yeah. We just packed up all our stuff. Uh, and then we were like, oh, okay, now we actually, like, you know, have to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I pulled, I pulled the fool. And um, so, like, we laid all this groundwork without, like, actually being, like, this is, you know, like, without, like, too much, like, Forethought, mm-hmm. and I, I pulled the phone, and it's just like, yeah, we we got to do this. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, but it, it has to happen. And and so, so it's both diagnostic and like identifying the problem, and then like, you know, like, no, you actually, you know, giving you that extra push, that confirmation of your intuition. I, I actually love the full card <laughs> when, it, a good when card. it yeah when it shows up I'm like ooh, I'm gonna learn something <laughs> yeah. like yeah there's there's action happening and, and this is gonna go down. Mm-hmm. actually I think that's really beautiful that you just talked about uh, doing a cross-country move without the anxiety of and this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen on this day and but you knew that something needed to change. You took steps to allow the change to happen, and it's sort of in its own way, you. I, and I am i can't speak for you here, but it, it that almost is less anxious-making for me <laughs> to think about than having, like, the knowing that the move is coming and having the checklist and all the stuff that you have to do. Yeah, I mean, I've done it both ways. I, as romantic and lovely as it sounds, it was, it had its own stresses, you know, because... Oh, yeah. like, we moved and my partner didn't have a job and I didn't have a job and we didn't really have a place to stay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but for also for listeners who are maybe having the same moment where they're like, I need to make a big change. I don't know how it's going to happen. Can you just tell people that you took this leap of faith and and there was not necessarily a safety net, but like you're on your feet. Yeah, no, it worked out. And I mean, I'm, so glad that we did that. And I mean, I, I have this thing and it doesn't apply for everybody. Right. And it has not applied for me at all points in my life even, but like I, I, you kind of have an an intuitive sense for when it will be the case. I, I hope, you know, but like, I have this thing I say to myself, like if I'm like still in the shit of it, like it's, it's not over. This is continuing to evolve. Like it's, it's just like this sense that, uh, it's gonna work out and it's gonna work out because it's not over, Yeah. Right? It's, it's not, I, it's not over because I know that I won't let it be over until I make it work. You know? And like that, that's not going to be true for everybody at every point, but like if you're in that moment and you have that sense, like just fucking do it. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of curious about two things. I'm curious about how you work with people with tarot, and then I'm also curious about how you teach them or help lead them to understand their own folk magic. Um, so which do you want to start with? <laughs> uh, let's start with tarot. Yes. So um, with tarot, in a tarot reading, I'm also, I'm always interested in Connecting people to their personal power, um, like that is my goal in a tarot reading. Is empowering the person I'm pulling cards for. Yes. So that starts with uh, a meditation where we work to um, connect to the present moment, because um, in the way I work, the present moment is the intersection of reality and our ability to influence reality. So. Um, we connect to the present moment we connect to our power in the present moment. And then I work with my client to develop a question that both hits at like that, that deep thing that they are coming into the reading wondering and frames it in a way that provides them with empowerment and a pathway towards action and resolution. Um, so yeah. And then I read the cards. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, I never thought of helping the client with their question. That's so smart. Yeah, I mean, well, sometimes I have folks coming to me with questions that are pretty amorphous, you know, like, and so sort of asking questions about their question and figuring out how to frame it in a way that makes them feel like really solid in the approach to the reading. Um, I, I've, I've always found it really valuable and I've always like, I find that I get better, I I guess you could say participation, right? So like once we have a card that they, or a question that they feel really summarizes what they're here for and what they need answered. Um, and I'm pulling cards and I'm like, I show them one of the cards and they're like, they, they have visceral reactions that they feel like they can share and we can sort of build and collaborate on the reading as a whole. Yes! Oh my gosh, yes. I have, um, <laughs> I feel like it's interesting because I, I have a very, um, analytical science husband, <laughs> and who I say is very artistic, and I am a very analytical style artist, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, like, really interesting, number one, hearing each other's conversations because of COVID, like, because we're at home, like, and we're both working, and we can mm-hmm. hear like Mm -hmm. what's going on for each other. But there was um, one day when I was doing a reading and it ended up being about like community, but the, uh, so the, the four of wands showed up and it was literally like, so I feel like what you need right now is to move away from all of that learning and programming and to engage like with your community and like, let's talk about ways that you can do that in your life so that this project that you're working on can happen, and, uh, he stopped, like, in the doorway and was, like, listening like that, and then we were sitting at dinner, and he was, like, uh, so, like, does that advice also apply to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny yeah. when that happens, like, I, I, I know that there are a lot of tarot readers out there who, um, are very, like, worried about, like, shuffling really well in between clients, um, and I, I mean, I shuffle, I shuffle well, right, but, like, if a card comes up again in another reading, like, I'm not going to get self-conscious about that, because, like, if you're coming to me for a reading, and, like, we're, like, interweaving our, like, magic together, and then so is the person who comes after you, like, we're, we're all interweaving it together, and so, we're all connecting to one another, you know, I, I I don't, I don't get worried about it. So yeah, that's, they all have different applications to different situations. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what you're like hearing from the person and then also what you're getting from the cards and yeah. And like, if a card is coming up a lot, like sometimes it's like, we're all moving through this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like bigger than, than the thing. Yeah. That's so cool. So I just saw your dog move. It's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners. I have two dogs. Y'all can't see, but there's uh, They're adorable. Ella Fitzgerald is the big one. And Benny Goodman right there. That you oh my really goodness. See. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They, uh, they oversee all my work. The cat manages my husband and the dogs manage me. <laughs> between the two of us we're supervised at all times so so I um I love everything that you just said so when when would be the difference between like working with someone with the tarot and then like teaching them or guiding them into folk magic are those two separate offerings that you have or so my so tarot is a folk magic Wow. in my view. So, um, I, uh, so they're not necessarily super separate. Um, yeah. And so coming to learn tarot is part of coming to know your own folk magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually, I have a tarot course that I'm teaching at the moment called Encountering the Tarot that is all about guiding my students through a process of creating their own tarot meanings for every single card in the deck, like, and really tuning into their intuition and what it means for them. And, um, I don't necessarily, like, the process of doing that pulls on some of the same things as my, how I teach folk magic, like, curiosity, asking questions, experimentation, um, yeah. So, like, my my number one thing in folk magic is it's not woo if it works for you. Yeah. Um, so, like, <laughs> if
1: you know, like, you have
0: to come. You have to be ready to try something, to experiment, to and to iterate, and to figure out what does work for you. I love that so much. <laughs> That's like the best slogan ever. It's not woo if it works for you. <laughs> that was actually kind of a struggle that I had when I um so I, I started in just like breath work meditation and uh like I don't want to say ended but <laughs> diverged into more of the like woo mm-hmm. and I would be investing this is this is where my my husband uh, has been great with with everything is I would be like I feel kind of crazy like I'm doing this thing and like part of me is the the analytical side is like nope that's not real, that's not happening. And then the, it, but yet I'm getting all this healing. I am gaining in self-awareness, I feel powerful and also like legit magic things are happening in my life. Like things that I didn't even think were possible and then there they there they show up. And he said once when I was getting ready to take a class <laughs> in shamanism and I was like, this is happening um, but I'm, I'm just not comfortable spending this amount of money. And he goes, Emily, if it changes how you feel why should that be any less valid? Like, you come out of it feeling more powerful. You come out of it feeling more peaceful. You come out of it with self awareness. Those are all valuable things. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't. I just, I love that. It's not, one well, if it works for you, that sums that up really. Yeah. And I just like, I don't know. Maybe it's my science background, but it's like you and your spiritual growth as a science experiment, right? Like you just, you just do the, you try it. You, 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 you you approach it open-mindedly and with curiosity, you try it. And then if it works, you just keep doing it, right? Like, and that's all you need. (laughs) (laughs) So can I ask, or are you willing to share, like what's something woo that works really great for you? Um, I mean, I, okay so this is kind of like super woo i don't do big spells yeah um so like i will just like lay down mm-hmm. and i'll be like hey spirits um who have whatever spirits might apply to this particular thing and i'm like i want this thing i want this thing i want this thing i say it like three times like you know i phrase it in a sentence and like that's my spell work and it works like I know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> like know, like, yeah. like really woo. like I just I don't do anything <laughs> <laughs> I um do or like okay so this is this one is real yes like, I don't I don't have great internet mm-hmm. um so what I'll do is before like a call or if I know like I've been having like internet problems I go like you know hey um Mercury. Hey, Odin. Hey, like whatever communication gods. Um, I'm going to do this thing. It's like definitely in your line of interest. If you feel like this is cool with you and you want this to happen, can you please send some good internet my way? Yeah. And then boom, (laughs) there comes the internet. Mm -hmm. And and then you sit there and you're like, this is real. (laughs) (laughs) I have been having that experience so much, um, with the art readings I've been doing. Mm. And yesterday I felt like while I was painting this soul portrait for someone, I felt like putting a bunch of water, letting water pool in this one part of the thing. And I knew it was gonna like leak out and spread other places and make everything I just did weird, but I just dropped it on there. And I kid you not, a a little baby formed inside of it. it. Like, it looked like a sonogram, like it had a head and arms and legs and it was like curled up and stuff. And so we're in the reading and I'm like, you know, I felt called to put all this water here and this little baby showed up in it. And I don't know if that's like the project that you're working on. I feel like something new is coming into your life. Like you're making something new with this. And she goes, oh yeah, I'm pregnant and starting a business. And I was like, "Hmm." (laughs) and then you have these moments where you're like, magic is real. Like Mm -hmm. it was so detailed and realistic too. I was like, I can't, I can't make this up. Like, that's crazy. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Like I love that. I I just love folk magic. And just because your left brain maybe is like, no, this isn't real. It is actually real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like that you said that you approach it as an experiment. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Because like art might be my magic, but like tarot might be somebody else's magic or like candle work might be somebody else's magic. And mm-hmm. we can all sort of dabble and enjoy them all. But like, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. So when you're working with somebody as a folk, um, guide as a folk magic guide, a facilitator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> illuminator. <laughs> what sort of work? Does, how does that look? So it, okay. So I guess it, it often looks a little bit like coaching, Mm -hmm. right? Like my, my goal is to hold space for the knowledge you already have. Yes. Um, and to, um, guide you towards that. Um, so it looks a lot of different ways depending on like the experience level of the person I'm working with and the, um, you know, you know so like if somebody's a beginner like i will be i'll be pulling a lot of cards um in like particularly in the um sessions where i work with people to like craft spells um so if somebody's a beginner like i'll be pulling a lot of cards we'll be doing a lot of discussion of like what they feel called towards or um you know what they don't like if they don't really resonate with their ancestors we don't have to work with their ancestors yet Mm -hmm. you know um but if people want to work with those all those things or they already have practices associated with those things like I want them to tell me about them and to bring them forward into that session um so yeah it looks a lot but basically I'm I'm holding space to move you towards your truth and towards your magic (laughs) I love it so does that happen like one on one in one session, in two sessions, and 10 sessions? Like how do you how do you structure this work? Yeah, so um I am currently working on um some extended one-on-one sessions where we actually work to like reimagine what is possible for you to do with your magic. Mm-hmm. Um and those will be really awesome. So that'll be like a 12 session, like three month long mentorship, like one-on-one kind of thing. Um, Right now I also do around each of the wheel of the year holidays. I do uh, what I call soul magic sessions, which are like single um, sessions one-on-one where uh, me and a client work together to craft a um, spell or a ritual for them that captures the magic of the season and connects them to their inner soul magic. So that sounds so cool. Yeah, I re- I really find that um, that soul magic is the hardest part for a lot of people. Like they're so ready to be like, nature's magical. My ancestors are super powerful, <laughs> but like they don't want to like break down those fences that they built inside of them and really like bring forward their own soul magic. Yeah, like what about the magic in you? Yeah, it sounds like you're. you're yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna close the one window I have open because it okay. looks like some. <laughs> Contractors showed up, it's a a construction day. (laughs) They must, uh, (laughs) they must be near both of us. Okay, you know what it was? They're following us. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those, you know those things that people do to edge the edge of their lawn? Yes. Yeah, it was one of those things we weren't trying to record today. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> it's just I will such a nice day out today. Edit that out of this and it will be a good thing. So back on the, uh, the personalized soul magic. Um, what I love about, uh, in your bio is you just being forward and talking about being like chronically ill, neurodivergent, radically queer mystic. I love that (laughs) description because I think that like one of the biggest, most powerful things in our own magic is the acceptance of self. And then from that place of acceptance, we share is very different than sharing to get acceptance. It is a completely different process. So I'm kind of curious in what ways like, number one, that you see the full acceptance, the full and radical acceptance of yourself and then expression creating healing and possibility in your life, but also in your client's lives? Yeah. Like when I, like I, first of all, I wouldn't be able to do this work if I wasn't doing that, you know, if I wasn't like accepting all of who I am. Yeah. Um, And I wouldn't be able to engage, like if I was in denial and try or trying to deny or not sharing the fact that I am chronically ill and I am neurodivergent, then I I wouldn't have the spoons to be engaged in the other valuable things that I do with my life. Like I wouldn't be able to have a garden. I wouldn't be able to cook dinner for myself when I need to. I wouldn't be able to, uh, you know... um, do all of the activism work that I do outside of, you know, like I wouldn't be able to engage with these things at all. Um, so like it, just on a very basic level, like in terms of sharing my skills and sharing what I'm here to share and like helping other people, like I can't do that unless I'm being myself because doing anything else would just be so exhausting. Um, sure. But also like... when we, like, the world offers us very limited paths towards success, um, and offers us a narrative of what the world should look like that doesn't often include people, like, the the vast majority of people, and it doesn't include their success, um, and so when we let ourselves be our full selves, and we say, I'm going to make a life that it that is full and that i where i can live authentically and damn whoever and whatever says i can't and that that path doesn't exist we open up new spaces for possibility for other people um, that's awesome yeah yeah so <laughs> If, you did, if listeners didn't hear, my husband just tried to open the door and the small dog was like, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost my train a little bit on this, but I love, um, I love that idea that we can engage more authentically with our lives, with our magic, and with each other when we come from a position of this is who I am. <laughs> and so I you've talked a little bit about how tarot played a role in just, like, kind of affirming the intuitive wisdom that you had, like, it's time to leave this job. Do you also find that it does that for other people? Sometimes, (laughs) when they're (laughs) on the right track. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes it's like, you know, like, uh, not too long ago, I had a client who, um, was really pushing towards this big milestone in their Uh life. And the tarot was like, you know, this is going to come for you, but it's going to come in its own time. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it, sometimes it affirms it. And sometimes it's like, you know, slow your roll. (laughs) (laughs) But even that is like an, like, almost like an affirmation too, because if if she was going for it or he, or (laughs) they, sorry, if, if the client, that's a better term, was going for this, uh, goal and then not seeing the result they would feel like somehow it's their fault yeah that's true yeah and mm-hmm. so then the like cards have the ability to be like nope, no no <laughs> yeah it's not your fault it's coming but yeah like you said chill yeah mm-hmm. and that's hard too so I guess that's where the yes. folk magic comes in like here's mm-hmm. how you can create chill hmm or, or here's ritual. how you can make it happen faster oh hey. like, that's also a possibility <laughs> so depends on what you want to do. I love that. I love that so, so, so super much. So, um, what do you think people need to sort of know or release in order to come to this type of work or to, uh, like get the most out of a session with a reader like you? Yeah. So like you, yeah. You have to be ready and willing to entertain the idea that you have agency and that you have power. Um, that you can take action and make change. Like we are, there's so much in the world that tries to convince us that we are totally powerless. Um, And if you are really tied to that idea and you're not willing to be curious and experiment with the idea that maybe you are super powerful and you're not willing to entertain the idea that you can nurture that power and make changes, um, then you know I'm probably not gonna be the person for you um (laughs) yeah for sure yeah because it's all about um sort of what I was talking about a minute ago where I was talking about creating possibility right like when we're using something as a tool for empowerment we're creating more power for us and when we create more power for us that can create more power for the people around us right so it's it's super essential in my work that you be willing to entertain the idea that you are at least a little bit powerful what's the like coolest transformation that you've seen happen either in your life or or with a client's life where like they did, they were willing to do this and then it happened for them and everybody was just like, Oh, so cool. (laughs) Um, I've just, I, okay. So this is like a really, I, I use this piece of testimonial a lot when I'm uh, talking about my um, soul magic sessions. So people have probably seen it on my Instagram if they follow me, but I talk a lot about um, this one particular client um, who's honestly been working with me for a while, but like the, the transformation was super simple. Like um, I, I ran a little workshop on how to bring, like trusting your intuition into tarot and how to start reading more intuitively. And after that workshop, she told me she's like, um, you know, this. I, I feel ready. I can do this. I feel ready to try it. And that's that's that was just so huge to me. Like it's it's not a it's not a big thing, right? But like it, it's it's that essential thing that unlocks it, that that unlocks big things, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. So I don't know. Just that like little like, that little kernel of that was just like. Hmm. That, that's what I'm going for. Like, I want to unlock that possibility in you so that you can find your own truth. That sounds amazing. (laughs) So I am curious, uh, as we're, as we're coming to our final, final questions here, how, like, how did you, so you moved back to Ohio. How did you go from, I just moved to Ohio. I kind of quit this linear idea of success um, and, and now I'm going to hang up a shingle. Like, (laughs) how did, how did you make that transition? Did your, did the offerings that you have, are the ways that you work with people sort of come to you? Like, how did you develop them? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I tried to get a job, (laughs) not because like, not because like, I really thought like, you know, I was, I definitely knew I was like off that path of like, you know, oh, I'm going to get, like, the super cool postdoc, and then I'm going to go, like, work at a research lab, and then I'm going to become the director of the research lab, and then I'm going to work for the EPA, like, right, like, that was all out the window. Yeah. Um, so, like, that really, like, super hyper ambitious, like, kind of thing, like, that was gone, but I was, like, okay, like, the next thing is to get a job, and then save up a bunch of money, and then, you know, I don't know, um, (laughs) but, so I tried to get a job in science, um, but did not have any luck doing that in Toledo for a lot of reasons. Um, and I did get a job teaching high school chemistry at a Catholic high school. (laughs) Not a good job for me. Not that I don't like teaching. I really do love teaching. Um, just not at Catholic high schools. Um, (laughs) so, um, yeah uh once and you know and teaching is a physically demanding job which like i didn't realize (laughs) um and it didn't it wasn't great for my chronic illness so like after you know i was at that job for half that year and i had to quit um and so i was i had to do something else you know like that's it was the only option left to me was to start my own thing um and so when that became clear like i'd been in the process over you know, a few years of developing my tarot practice and developing my understanding of magic, um, as I saw it. And, uh, and I was also doing a lot of work with the super wonderful Ren zatapek in trance work. Um, yes. and so, like, all of that came together and I was, I was like, I want to offer tarot readings, but I, I don't see people offering them in the way that I think they like at the you know I had gotten ter- professional tarot readings several times, but not very often because I was never offered what I thought I needed from a tarot reading, um, and so I um, always I made a point of creating new spreads for tarot readings that answered the questions that I thought needed to be answered and that really empowered my clients to. Find their power to resolve their problems and to take action in their lives and grow their power. That's so. amazing. Um, one little kind of weird thing that I think the listeners might need to know <laughs> is what is a spread. Oh, a tarot spread. Yeah, so. <laughs> the way the way you arrange the cards. <laughs> cool, and then like the meaning of each position, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's so cool. So you you made your own to uh, be more effective and to better answer questions. And yeah, so that, that, yeah, so just not that there's anything wrong with the way anyone else reads tarot, but like I said, I I really want to use it to empower people. And it's something that I was, I, I always felt was missing from tarot readings that I had gotten. So, yes. And so now you're in the process of, of learning how to like build a whole business around, helping people this way. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> and That's it, so cool. It really is a learning experience. So, so what would be your biggest advice for someone who is starting their own, I call it sacred adventure, but stepping into their own personal magic, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or, or learning how to embody themselves? Be curious. Um, like, I think the curiosity is both like the, the spark and the antidote. To to fear, um, it's like you know if you're starting on a new journey, like ask yourself what do I really want of this? Like how can I get the most of this? Um, and if you're afraid, like can I try it? How what how will I know when it's not working? Like just questions. And then asking a lot of them and and really thinking about them is is so key to finding your magic and to taking risks and to being okay. So, (laughs) yes, I love that so much. So having just heard you speak, (laughs) I'm sure some of the listeners um, would be interested in working with you. How do they find you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram as the.days.i. Or you can find me online at Um, That's where you can read all about the different offerings that I have for tarot readings. Um, and if you want like up-to-date uh, notifications of when I open my books for things like the Soul Magic sessions and for the upcoming mentorship, um, you can get on my newsletter. And you'll also, when you get on my newsletter, you will get um, my free... Uh, easing tarot for Ooh. action which talks about how you can use tarot to grow your power to make change and actually take action in your life so you can do that on my website yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so 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 cool well let us It has been incredible talking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Yes. Hey there, listener. I am so glad you hung out with us for this episode, and I bet you also discovered how amazing Lex is. So if you are interested in working with Lex, Lex's links are all in the show notes. So you can just pop there, click on the links, find Lex's website, all the details, they're there, they're for you. Also, don't forget, if you want to support the show, to hit that five-star button and also to share it if that is something that you do on social media platforms to help people find us and um Just to help spread the word that spirituality is a pretty cool thing and tarot can help you, uh, guide you in your life. And yeah, thanks again for being here and we'll see you again on the next episode.